Welcome everyone. We're excited to share some country wisdom with you. King Solomon had a thing or two to say about the path to wisdom. In Proverbs 4, he wrote, Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Keep straight the path of your feet and all your ways will be sure. Join us now for Country Wisdom. I'm so glad we talked the guys into letting us sneak over here to the zoo part. Yes. <laughs> Folks, we're at the Creation Museum in Northern Kentucky, and I'm here with uh, one of our crew members, Morgan. There's a reason I brought her along with me today. Right now, I see sheep, I've seen cows, goats, a donkey, I even think, way over there. Yeah. And here, right in front of me, my favorite. I fell in love with pigs when I was a little girl. Never could talk my family into letting me have one. And now I proceed and to make her jealous and to tell her I have two. You've acquired another one. I knew you had one. <laughs> uh, I thought it was so appropriate that with a last name like Zufelt, yes, you have a zoo. Pretty much, at yes. At your house. Not in the house. But no. No, it feels property. like it sometimes. How many animals do you have at the moment? So the last count that we did, it was 127. We downsized to about 90 to 97 animals. You downsized to only 97? About, yes. Okay. And I'll bet if I showed up with number 98, your mom would not turn it down. Probably yeah. not. In fact, the majority of the animals you have are rescues. I know yes. you've got a blind horse. Yes, and he wasn't blind when we got him, but he ended up going blind because of his breed, which has a history. Ten, nine out of ten Appaloosas will go blind. Oh. And you've got 14 dogs? 14 dogs. One of them I know you found on a camping trip. Yes, and he is our little black chihuahua who my mom never thought she would own. <laughs> well, I'm all in favor of people not owning chihuahuas. But you like this one. <laughs> there's a reason I brought you here. I know it's appropriate to have Morgan Zufeld at a zoo, but your family, who takes in all these animals, 97, uh, how many varieties? Uh, a whole bunch. We've got horses, we've got a goat, two pigs, uh, dogs, cats, regular birds, we've got chickens and peacocks and pigeons. And we used to have ducks, but unfortunately they're all gone now. Do you charge admission? No, we you should. should. You should, you could probably pay for some of that feed by letting people come in uh, just like here and let them. But your family who has a history of rescuing animals and you are continuing that proud tradition, they rescue two-legged varieties as well. Yes, and I just happen to be one of them. Yes, and you know, you've got a great story, and I think maybe we should go back and join the rest of the crew, find a nice, comfortable place to sit, because I want to hear your backstory. Yeah, and I'm sure Jim wants to sit down for a little bit, too. All right, <laughs> let's go. So glad you guys joined me here. I'm excited about it. And you know, before we go on, I know you've been talking, but I wanted to just tell everybody how happy I am that you had a school work project so you could join us. Isn't that right? She's done a oh, great I job. I was thrilled when I when I first said, "So what are you doing in September?" 
I was so happy, not only that she could take the time, but extra happy that it's not just a complete sacrifice on her part. She's, you know, getting this credit. She's getting her senior project. And how cool a senior project is this? She gets to work with us. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is cool that I get to work with you guys just because I've known you forever and you yelled at me during our eighth grade graduation. And I wanted to get to know a little bit more about Jim. And so it's a killing three birds with one stone instead of two. <laughs> and whoever her school teacher is, you should be watching this. She's doing a wonderful job. She's got our total approval. <laughs> well, it's multiple school teachers because I have seven periods. Oh, all right. Now, you, uh, how long have I known you? How old Since are you? Since I was three. Three years old. This adorable little girl, Tammy and Wayne bring this adorable little girl and her brother into church and it's like, well, where did you know, this instant family come from? Your family, uh, I just am in awe of. They have adopted six kids. Six of us, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you and your brother Robert were... We were the first ones the first that they two, adopted. The first two. Do you mind, I know that I hinted over there when we were at the zoo, I hinted that you have an incredible story. Uh, partly because I think that my personal story is way more vanilla. You know, it's like, uh, I don't have anything exciting. You have a backstory very different from mine. How did your life begin? How did it start off? So when I was about three is when I came into foster care and that was because my mom constantly abandoned me and my brother. And um, I always say that my mom wasn't really my abuser when it comes to physicality abuse because it's my, it was my brother. He was he was autistic. He still is autistic, I should say, and couldn't control his anger. And normally, I was the closest thing that he could hit. So when I got abused, it was from him, not my mom. I was just abandoned so she could go out and drink. I was going to say she had to have had some issues. Yes. Um, her boyfriends were constantly drinking. She was constantly drinking and um, she smoked and it just did not work well. She needed to go out and get money or she'll get money from her boyfriends and then go out and drink and just leave Robert and me there. We also had dogs and our house wasn't very clean. We constantly stepped in dog poop. Um, it was very, we didn't have clean water. It, it was just a mess and so Somebody had eventually called CPS, I think. I want to say it was my preschool, but I'm not particularly sure just because I went to preschool every day. And so we ended up packing up in the middle of the night with what little clothes we had and came to Wairika and um, came into my mom and dad's home. So Wayne and Tammy were your first foster family? They were the only foster family I had, actually. Um, We'd been with them for about a year and a half, and then my mom got her act together and was able to get us back for a couple of months when she met somebody new and started declining again. And so then we went back to my mom and dad. Now, some people would say, boy, what a lucky little girl you were, especially if they've ever met Wayne and Tammy. I mean, <laughs> uh, that would be a lovely family to fall into. But I don't think it was just luck. Do oh, you? I... When I was little, I didn't know God, and um, I, well, I did think it was just luck that I had this amazing family to go to, and I had foster siblings come in and out, but as I got to know God more, and the older I got, the more I understood that He put me there for a purpose, 
it wasn't just some stroke of luck that I got to be in this family. It was, a, there was a reason that I was going to be there and impact not only their lives, but they were going to impact mine in such a major way that I'm still just completely in shock of. Because when I, when you guys met me, um, I was this shy, didn't want to talk, would hide behind the closest adult that I trusted. You didn't want to talk? You know, <laughs> I just it's hard to, to believe. I honestly don't remember that phase. <laughs> well, that's because I went to SDA. Um, that's when they I started. They you in a Christian school. Right. And, uh... For the first two years, I was in public school, and I uh, did meet some friends, but I didn't have a lot of them. And there's only one of them that I've actually kept close in contact to, and that's Cody Harrison. Um, and so when I went to SDA is when I started doing plays, and that got me a lot more out of my shell. And that is actually where I took even more notice of you. I mean, I'd always thought you were adorable um, <laughs> at church. You know, I always made sure to say hi or something and just thought, thought you were precious and very precocious, uh, which you can see in her still. But I, being your drama teacher, got to work with you and know you a whole lot better then. And you just always were a leader. Uh, which I appreciated. In fact, I used to joke that, you know, by the time you were in about seventh grade, she just took it on herself and at the assumption she was the assistant director. <laughs> um, this is true. I would, I would help direct people on where to go or tell them to be quiet. <laughs> and I always saw in you uh, a spirit that it was very easy to love. Coming from your background, though, you wouldn't expect that you'd have that spirit. Right. You know, do you think it was God that was that little spark in you? I do. So my parents would always tease me that I can get overly sensitive, but I think that overly sensitiveness is something that God gave me so I can empathize with people more, especially coming from my background. And I've got friends that have gone in and out of the system or have grown up out of the system uh, and sometimes they come and look at me and say, what am I going to do? And I, and I understand their questions and I understand their way of thinking just because I have been in that situation. And I had God be the person that put me in a situation where I could have a loving home. A lot of the times these kids don't get that forever home like I got. And some of them are, oh, it's just bad luck. I, I just wasn't good enough for these people. It wasn't that you weren't good enough. It was just that that was not where God wanted you to be. So you think it's made you more empathetic? It's made me a lot more empathetic to those around me. I had a text knowing you a little bit that I wanted to read to you. And you tell me kind of if it fits. You know, it's found in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 6. says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their way, the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return to our Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon for my thoughts are not thoughts against you they're for you yeah and that's certainly the way God has been to you and it, 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 exactly and there are times when I have fallen away from God especially as I became a teenager and I started going to a mainstream high school and I didn't have the best influences because I was the only one from our school who went there. And I, there was a Christian club, 
Um, unfortunately, Mr. Freudenberg retired and um, that club's no more, but I'm gonna try and start it up again before I leave. Uh, and I that, told you she was a, the leader type here. <laughs> there, there are, um, th that was part of my grounding point. And I would, before I got my smartphone, I had a flip phone, so I would bring my Bible with me to school every day. But come sophomore year, that kind of stopped because I had my smartphone and that's when social media came in. And I kind of took a really bad downfall. And I'm not going to go too much into I'm detail sorry, I of cannot that. let that bugs. Jan is scared to let the bugs. <laughs> I know. So. Yes, I do it know that. It was an act of love to save you from it here. Hey, Janice, how are you doing? Hey, you wrote another book. I did. Had a burden on my heart and God helped me get it done. So, The Plan of Love. What's it about? Well, it's really about God in eternity. Saw everything that was going to happen here. And his amazing love, he says, I'm going to take care of the problems. I'm going to take care of the situation by giving my own life. He did all that. But we've been lied to so much, we don't see what God has planned for us, what God is doing for us. Matter of fact, the angel came down to Mary and said, uh, you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their, their sins. sins. Notice it wasn't in, but from. Where can people get the book? Hey, I'm glad you asked. Folks, if you'd like your own personal copy, log on to TalkingDonkeyInternational.org. And oh, please, if you would, send us a donation of $12. Or more. Or more. And uh, we'll get you the book, and I'll be happy to sign it for you, too. Thank you so much. Scientists tell us that humans have four basic needs for survival. Food, water, air, and shelter. But beyond mere survival, we also need to know that someone cares about us. And there is someone who cares, someone who is always there. This little tract, Someone Cares About You, is full of Bible verses that will help you know just how much God cares for you. It's absolutely free. Just go to TalkingDonkeyInternational.org and request offer number 123, Someone Cares About You. So, um, yes, and then when COVID hit, that's just kind of when I had my aha moment. I'd been baptized when I was in seventh grade, I want to say, um, and when I got baptized, I'm like, I'm giving myself to the Lord and before high school. And when high school came, that kind, I kind of pushed God to the side. And we've talked a lot about that with the different interviews we've done while we've been here, how it's so easy to put God aside and be human, be sinful. Well, when this virus shut everything down, I had my phone taken away and all I had were my Bible, my regular books, and then my journaling. And so my birthday, my 16th birthday, um, I got a bunch of journals and pencils and a book on how to properly write different genres and different stories. And so I started writing about um, four, teen four teenagers who just turned their lives over to the Lord. And it's a Seventh-day Adventist book, so it's kind of biased in that way. But it's for anyone who wants to learn how to become a Christian who's a teenager or struggling teenagers who don't really know how to find those answers. And so four of those characters that I had done, I based them off of some of the deadly sins, uh, greed, vanity, and envy. 
And then the main character is Joy. And at the beginning of the book, she's not very joyful. She had just lost her father. Uh, her stepfather was very cruel to her. And then she goes to high school and meets these four other teenagers and they all end up in detention together. And she is in, in their detentions in the library. She's bored, doesn't want to talk to these people. Uh, they're the reason she got into detention. Is she goes and looks around while she finds a Bible and she starts reading the Bible and Vanity, his character name is Vincent, his family is Seventh-day Adventist Christians. And so when she learns this, she starts going to their Bible study group and she eventually gets all three of these other teenagers to start going with her. And they end up turning their lives over to the Lord and getting baptized at the end of the book. What what gave you that direction and that idea? I mean, that's you've, you've got to know a fair amount of scripture to kind of grab a hold of all that, too. I did. And there is quite a bit of scripture that I used as they're talking in the Bible studies. And so and a lot of them point out to the seven deadly sins. So, like, I don't remember exactly the scripture, but it's when God says you can't love man, you can't love God and you can't love money at the same time. You either hate God and love money or you hate money and love God. And that portrays to everything. And that impacted greed. And um, then when it talks about not being jealous and coveting those in the Ten Commandments, that impacts envy. And then talking about how with sin, nothing's going to last forever. And Beauty, all the beauty we see around you, like in the winter you see barren trees, but in springtime, that's when it becomes beautiful again. Everything goes through a season and that impacts vanity. And then there's a point where joy gets impacted and realizes she can't keep holding on to the anger of her dad being gone. She can't keep holding on to the resentment of her stepfather and her mother that she's felt for over a year. And her parents end up actually becoming Christians themselves. Is there some of some of what you were writing? Is that some of your backstory really? Some of life? it is my backstory. So I kind of, whenever I saw my mom, I kind of resented her when I was younger that she'd given me up. I felt like she'd just given up ever trying to have a relationship. But as I grew more in my relationship with God, I realized my resentment was pointless. There is no need to resent her because she was doing what she thought was best for me, just like God is always doing what he knows is best for us. That's a very mature thought. It is. It really is. Yeah. We, we I need to, to remember that sometimes. We ought to probably mention for our audience a lot of the noise around here. We are at the Creation yes. Museum. You yes. got your hat on. <laughs> um, and for our audience, there it is. Uh, we had Morgan who stepped in this summer and spent a whole day with us and she worked out so well that when this trip got planned, that's why I thought of her again. Uh, because she just blended in with the crew, was helpful, you know, quick learner, unlike me. Uh, <laughs> you know, you mentioned something uh, about reading more, turning to your Bible more during COVID. Right. Now, when I was a teenager, Frankly, I think the most important thing I had to worry about was, you know, whether Sid was going to ask me out this Saturday night, you know, or something like that. Uh, I didn't have this world-changing, literally world-changing event. Uh, the world was not nearly as frightening when I was 17 as it is now. 
I don't honestly know if I would have had the faith then um, to hang on, let alone have my faith deepen. Why do you think you turned to the source, the right source, of the place to take your fears when so many people have run the other direction and are turning to alcohol, drugs, part, you know, whatever, to take their mind off things that are happening in the world so they don't have to think about issues, and you turned more to God. Well, it just, with this event happening and in Sabbath school, we had been learning about how the end times are coming closer and closer. And that was one of the last topics that we talked about in my fellowship of young Christian minors uh, group on Fridays. And it was, it was something about how God predicted all of this. He said that there was going to be fires, there was going to be droughts, there was going to be a disease that was going to wipe out so many people. And remembering that verse kind of caught my attention. It's like as if when COVID hit, God's like, okay, I need your attention now. Like this is him telling the world it's going to happen and it's going to happen soon. You don't know when, but you now know it's going to be soon. And those who are reading their Bible are understanding that much more in so many more ways. Like I'm the only social media I have now is Facebook. And I see people saying that Facebook's going to take down the pictures of the cross, but if you share it enough, they might not. And so I share those pictures and there is one day I was scrolling through it and I found that verse where God is saying the fires in Australia were going to happen. The droughts in California were going to happen. This entire disease I knew was going to happen. And it's turning Satan's vocal point for especially young minds it's turning their point to oh this somebody knew this was going to happen and if and if you look at that and you see that you understand yeah it is very comforting to know that no matter how chaotic things seem that god has you covered exactly and like that's why i named my book that i was telling you about earlier for a purpose Everything that is happening, whether God really wants it to happen or not, I mean, we all know he didn't want to send to happen. He didn't want to sacrifice his only son to save us all. He wanted us to just be in the Garden of Eden with him forever. But he knew that if we were forced to do that, we'd see him as a God who needs to be feared and not a God who wants to be loved, who wants us to choose to love him instead of letting us be lost forever. Now, Morgan, you're to me a young lady beyond your years. <laughs> yes, always uh, has been. Yeah. You know, if you had known her back in second grade, <laughs> you could just tell back then. Now, we've only got a couple minutes or so left here, but there's a lot of probably 17, 18, 20 year olds and younger, vice versa. That need that what are you've never done. going to listen to old people like yeah. us. What, what <laughs> so would you tell them? This is your chance. Yeah. What, what, what do you say? You're in a public school system. You must have people that you see every day, and you maybe have five minutes to talk with them and make them think about you know give them a seed of faith. Yeah. So some of the friends that I do have in my public school are non-Christians, but they do know that I am Christian. And sometimes I've actually had one where I've had a deep conversation with about 
why I choose to be a Christian. And I guess my main point that I gave him to leave with was I'm choosing to follow somebody who I know is going to judge me someday for the works, not just for my works, but for my faith. And I know that with God, anything is possible. And there is one thing I did see on Facebook that said, I would rather die thinking that there was a God and finding out that there isn't one than die saying there is no God and then finding out there is. And that's how I just want to live. I want to know that there is a God. And if I die finding out that there isn't one, then that's how I die. But if I die and not knowing God at all, and then just find out that there is one, I'm just, I'm lost. And I don't want to be lost. I don't want to be in that situation again where I feel like I've been abandoned. And a lot of people, especially teenagers now, feel that way. And I've had a couple of my friends say they have felt abandoned by God, which is why they don't believe anymore. I think it's remarkable. Usually, you turn to your elders for advice, you know, to look to for an example. The fact that coming from the background you did, uh, an alcoholic mother, abandonment, all of those issues, and because you turned to God, you've been able to turn that over to get rid of the resentment. There is so much that we can learn from you. And that's mm -hmm. one reason I wanted to talk to you today and share your story, because frankly, you are a model of faith to me. And, and mm -hmm. I hope that she's been a model of faith to you out there, too. Uh, what's the verse that says a little child shall lead them? them? I know she doesn't consider her, <laughs> herself a little child. But, um, but she's a good one to follow. Amen. Morgan, thank you so much for being with us. No problem. And thank you guys so much for inviting me to be out here. I can't wait to spend the next week and a half with you guys. <laughs> Sounds great. Thank you. <laughs> hey, Janice, how are you doing? Hey, you wrote another book. I did. Had a burden on my heart and God helped me get it done. So, The Plan of Love, what's it about? Well, it's really about God in eternity. Saw everything that was going to happen here and his amazing love, he says, I'm going to take care of the problems. I'm going to take care of the situation by giving my own life. He did all that, but we've been lied to so much, we don't see what God has planned for us, what God is doing for us. Matter of fact, the angel came down to Mary and said, uh, you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their, from sins. their sins. Notice it wasn't in, but from. Where can people get the book? Hey, I'm glad you asked. Folks, if you'd like your own personal copy, log on to TalkingDonkeyInternational.org. And oh, please, if you would, send us a donation of $12. Or more. Or more. And uh, we'll get you the book, and I'll be happy to sign it for you, too. Thank you so much. Scientists tell us that humans have four basic needs for survival. Food, water, air, and shelter. But beyond mere survival, we also need to know that someone cares about us. And there is someone who cares, someone who is always there. This little tract, Someone Cares About You, is full of Bible verses that will help you know just how much God cares for you. It's absolutely free. Just go to TalkingDonkeyInternational.org and request offer number 123, Someone Cares About You. 
Thank you for watching. Join us again for another exciting country wisdom. See you next time.